Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I'm Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Distinguished Adventurers. Last time on Distinguished Adventurers, our heroes have arrived at the tower of the deceased Demilich Wendragod. This ancient tower was once the magical abode of a necromancer and dragon enthusiast, but Wendragod is long dead, and now our heroes have the deed to this tower. But owning the tower is just the first step, so now Travancore, Jonathan, Carlton, and Bernie must explore its many levels and uncover its secrets. Inside the first floor, they find that animated objects have been keeping the tower clean after all these years. One room seems to be an ever-changing window looking out at other planes of existence, while in another room, invisible servants do their best to serve meals using only the hardtack that's left in the stores. And as the party continues to explore the first floor, we return to our adventure already in progress. What's everybody else doing? As, as Carlton is eating hot sauce a la hardtack. <laughs> I think Travancore, having investigated the uh, the commotion, is going to head back the way he was going towards that door number three to the north. Yeah, you get to that door just like all of the other doors. It is a adamantine black door, but it does have a what would be a window into this room, but it's in stained glass because so you can't really see through it. This image on this door on the northeastern side. It seems to be a picture of what looks like a cute little mouse, like a, a brown mouse carrying something in its mouth, like a stick or something. Huh. And you can also now see that you've moved over there, that in the other corner of the tower, there is another room. Uh, you've now seen the entire base of the tower that you can tell this space in the middle of the tower that has a room in it. There's doors on all four sides. And you see what looks like the start of a stairway leading somewhere. You don't know if it's going up or down from your position. Travancore is going to head into room number three. All right. You open the door. The door gets about a foot and a half into this room before it... It's not that it stops. It's as though there's something behind the door that's heavy enough to stop it that it hits. And then if you push a little bit harder... There's just like a box or something there, and you can push the door open just enough to get into a very dimly lit room that seems to be stuffed ceiling to floor with boxes and boxes of stuff. Just random bits of stuff everywhere. Travancore is going to grab the box closest to him. All right, I need you to roll me a d100 and tell me what you get. Okie dokie, let's see. I love the sound those dice make. 71. Okay. You open up this box and you find it's a smaller box. It just happened to be right behind the door and was kind of I pushed up. I thought he said he found a smaller box inside the box. <laughs> I mean, that's possible. You, But the, the box itself is small. It was just pushed up against some more of this junk. This room is kind of a a mess. You open it up and you find... A wooden apple. It's it's large. I love that this is Travancore who got this. It is painted blue. All right, I'm gonna gonna grab the apple. I guess help myself to it. Just throw it in my pocket or whatever. Yep. 
it's it's pretty big. It's you know radius about almost a foot, but it's nicely made. Hmm. I'm gonna make a mental note of this room and then head over to five. All right. As you head over to five, uh, Carlton and Bernie, now that you've uh, gorged yourself on hot sauce and hardtack, what are you up to? Would you also like to follow uh, Travancore into room the the room he went into? Clutter room, yeah. I'll make my way over there, but I'm going to check out the room in the center. Okay. Uh, you go to open the door, one of the doors into the center room. It is locked. Uh, I will then check, starting with the south, I'll go east, north, west to find the one that's unlocked. Uh, the center room, all four of those doors are locked. Bernie! Bernie! Yeah? You want to do that thing that you've been training to do? You know, I kind of fell off of that, actually. I I mean, I can try, but... I believe in you. you know, there's a lot of other shit going on. Well, Bernie, bef- before you get called away, I will allow you to, since you've entered room three, do you want to look around? Roll me a D100. D100. That is a 71. You find the exact same apple. Maybe it's the mate to Travancore's apple. <laughs> I don't think you know that Travancore has this apple, but Travancore, you clearly see. Bernie opens up another box, and as though your apple has been duplicated, another large wooden apple painted blue comes out. I run over to her and unashamedly say apple twins at the top of my voice. <laughs> Bernie, you know the end of um, friggin' um... How the Grinch stole Christmas when Cindy Lou Who has like the strawberry the size of her face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's that that big, that, that wooden big. apple. Bernie's mm-hmm. his apple. She has no clue that Travancore found an apple because he's making a goddamn mental note, right? He didn't come back for it and she's like, Is that what does that mean? What is Apple Twins? Are we Are you did you have a stroke? Travancore says, no, why does it always have to be a stroke? And I just show her the apple. At this point, Carlton has come over to ask Bernie about uh, doing the the lockpicking thing. Uh, Jonathan, would would Jonathan and Carlton also like to take a moment and rummage through the junk? Yeah, now that I see that there is a junk room. There is a junk room. Go ahead and both of you roll me D100s. I hope I get a 71. If you get 71, I would be so happy. 89. Okay. That's my second 89. Carlton, you open up a box that is filled with glasses and the one that you end up pulling out that are on the top are they're gaudy but kind of neat they are spectacles in the shape of butterfly wings oh oh i thought you meant like glasses like like uh glassware like oh hey here's some glassware for your restaurant clark that, carlton but that is why i, I very quickly moved to spectacles <laughs> ah <laughs> and jonathan what'd you get 34 34 Carlton's going to put the glasses on. You put the glasses on, you look fabulous. Great. And Bernie <laughs> looks up at him and goes, Apple Twins! Uh, apple, what? I don't know, we're just saying it now. <laughs> <laughs> the box you look into, Jonathan, you end up pulling out a jar. It looks like a little mason jar. And mm-hmm. inside of it, there's like a, a purplish, sticky substance. Okay, uh, is that something that I can uh, identify? I mean, you can try. I will I will skip ahead for you. I will assume you try to do it ritually so you don't have to spend the spell slot. It is not magic. I think I Carlton see. should drink it. This is our last quest. What's this go all out, man? Listen, this is not, this has worked many a time. 
He's going to give it a sniff, like, and try and discern maybe what it's made out of. Didn't you guys do seventh grade science where your teacher taught you to waft and not- Seventh grade science was like 40 years ago for me, man. Yeah, but that's if you took one thing away. Carlton did not go to school. He does not know this. You're a artificer thing. You you took you took like advanced wizard science class and they go over, re- rehash the basics. Well, you did lab. Didn't you have lab? You had to identify substances. <laughs> this is how you had Arcana Lab. And so they were like, okay, oh, all the things that you literally had a lab that probably was just all the things Carlton ever wants to do. And it's like, it's just your safety lab. And it's a list of shit Carlton would like to do and why to not do it and what to do instead. And a lot of it is is just don't touch it. Don't drink it. Don't don't touch the things. Well, you know Waft. what? Jonathan Jonathan already cast identify on the thing, so you know he's at this the point, Carlson is the dolt picture. <laughs> uh Jonathan, you waft it and it has a sweet smell. Meanwhile, since this is uh taking ten minutes, I need Travancore, Bernie, and Carlton on the assumption that you are hanging out waiting for the identify to happen. We need you all to roll a D one hundred because you're spending another 10 minutes in this room. You're finding shit. 99. Yes. Oh, okay. I was worried you wouldn't let us do more than one. This oh, you can do this. You want us every 10 minutes. You can find something else. I'm sorry, Carlton. What'd you get? 99. Okay. Bernie got a 94. Okay. I also got 94. We're twins again. Yeah. And Bernie just looks at him. And when they pull whatever out, she goes, she just yells, apple twins. Because <laughs> <laughs> she still hasn't seen the other apple. <laughs> Travancore and Bernie. Despite the fact that you're in two different parts of this room, you pull out, once again, the same thing. One of you kind of opens a drawer on a desk that seems to be overfilled with stuff. The other person kind of reaches into a bag that seems to be lying about. And both of you pull out a tasseled wine charm shaped like a little tiny sprite. And Bernie holds it up and goes, Apple twins! (laughs) Carlton... As you open up a box that's nearby, you find a deck of playing cards. Oh, all right. I'm going to deal out some cards. Okay. I need to roll a d20. Uh, while you're rolling that, Travancore is just going to mention, is anyone else surprised that this is the way the Renegade Order turns to stuff? Oh, God. 19. No surprises, honestly. For the audience at home. John, the player, and Jonathan, the player, had a very similar look as some assumptions that are being made. We're about to find out of what kind of playing cards these are. Exactly. We you yeah. You open up the playing cards and you pull. You start to pull them out, but something about when you open it up, you have to draw just one. So you think, oh, I'm gonna have to draw one at a time to deal. And the first one you pull out, you look at it, and the back of it is kind of pretty. But when you look at the front. There is this horrific visage on it. You can't quite make out, is it a demon? Is it a devil? Is it something from the Far Realms? Whatever it is, is- Is it Winter God's face? Horrific. You are taking a negative two to all saving throws. Oh, shit. Oh, dear. For how long? Ever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. What the fuck cards are these? Jonathan the Magic Muscular is going to be like, um, Carlton, uh, I need you to, can I, can I borrow those for just, just yeah, a second? Yeah, I don't feel so good anymore. Oh, uh, that's fine. Mr. Stark. You watch as Carlton is, is looking at this card, feels a little, a little bad, and the card vanishes into dust into his hand. Damn it. Okay. But the, the deck is still there. Right, right. 
I Jonathan the Magmuscular was hoping that with an identify he could determine exactly which card that was. Do you want to cast identify oh. on this deck of cards? Or, cast or identify let's... so Travancore and Bernie can keep shopping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. All right, you cast right. identify. Carlton, you grapple with the fact that uh, you just feel off. Travancore and Bernie, roll me one more D100. You got it. And uh, Carlton, you are very, very lucky that you did not roll uh, a different number. That, the 20, he, he didn't crit it? It's actually- Or the one. The, no, the he rolled a, you rolled a 19. The 18 would have been real bad. Oh, dear. Uh, oh, it would have been real bad. Uh, okay, Travancore and Bernie, what'd you get? 78. Oh, I got a 41. Ah, oh, you're finally looking at different things. Combo breaker. The 78. There's a, a smell in this corner of the room as you kind of push past some boxes, Travancore, and something about your ranger druidic nature makes you look over the boxes and you find a child's parasol covered in moss and leaves. And Bernie, what was your number? 41. 41. Surprisingly enough, despite the fact that this room is a cluttered mess with no windows, there's practically no light in here. It's basically just like the light from the doorway and whatever light sources you have. You find a potted daffodil, a little pot with a daffodil in it. Oh, yes. I'm going to take it back to our little house and it goes in our garden. Awesome. It is alive. It seems to be a, a live, happy plant. Jonathan? You had only heard stories of the deck of many things. <laughs> you had only heard tales of this immensely powerful, horrific, wonderful deck that's in your hands. Roll me an arcana check. Might actually use luck on this if I don't do well. I'm going to use a point of luck on that. <laughs> okay. I can't believe someone rolled high enough to get the cards. Let's see. Let's do another. Jules, for your information, out of play, since I'm assuming at some point Jonathan will explain this. Uh, the Deck of Many Things is a, a notorious magic item. And when you pull a card from the deck, very, very good or very, very bad things will happen. Oh, and... I know. I've pulled a card from a Deck of Many oh, Things in another game. I totally Ooh. forgot. I'm sorry. Uh, That's Jonathan. for my edification because I didn't know. Okay. Uh, then, Jack, now you know. Uh, Jonathan? I love how in Critical Role... A dude in uh in season one who pulled a card because Grog was testing it on him got the one where it's like the wish card. He's like, I wish I was a lord, and then immediately like became a lord, and then he showed up like later on, mm -hmm. like that lord. Uh, I think in campaign too. That was <laughs> that was amazing. All right, uh, let's see here. That is a twenty nine. Excellent. Between your in identifying of this deck. And your arcana check without pulling a card, you know there's a card in there. You've heard the stories. You now have some knowledge of these cards because of the fact that you've done this arcana check and have identified it. There's a card in there, um, the Ural, that, yeah, Carlton is cursed. And you think only a god or the magic of one of the other cards can end his curse. Could a wish do it? No. But my god could. There's literally two ways listed on this card to end that curse. And wow. it says only a god or the magic of one of the other cards. You also know the card that Carlton pulled has gone back into the deck. <laughs> For those of you at home now, I now have two saving throws that are a negative one. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan the Magic Muscular goes up to Carlton. 
He puts his hand on his shoulder. He's like, buddy, I'm so sorry. That's rough, buddy. <laughs> Listen, I would recommend that you make it your, yeah, this is fair, your life's mission to be as nice to Bernie <laughs> as possible. <laughs> just, just, just. I thought I was pretty, I thought I was pretty nice to no, her. No, no, you're good. Yeah. I, Jonathan the Magimuscular figures you should probably up, you know, bump that by, you know, like 66%. Not 69%? Nice. Nah. Too much. We're Too, much that, nice. <laughs> Too much nice. Too much nice. So, yeah, Jonathan the uh, Jonathan, that's that Jonathan the Magimuscular. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Sorry, pal. While you're having this conversation, Bernie is just rummaging. <laughs> <laughs> like you're rummaging and you've got like you've got like, your little butt in the air and it's like wiggling as you're like this rummaging like, around you're, like, when <laughs> my dog nori is like she's just like mm, and then she like looks up every now and then she's like hmm and then she's like no she's like did someone you come up with like, a daffodil i'm like what a daffodil and then she will look up every now and then and just scream apple twins at travancore because she still hasn't seen <laughs> the other apple and she's still trying to figure out what the next is. time she looks up at the channel i'm actually gonna hold it so she can see the apple. <gasps> well, then I need to make you roll one more time. The two of you give me uh, D100 checks. As they're doing that, Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to think to himself, Apple Twins, and pull a card. Okay, roll me a uh, D20. <laughs> I saw two of mm-hmm. I don't know that. I'm not sure how like divine intervention really is going to go here. The good news is, I'll give you the, the brief overview, since you are at the point where when your divine intervention, when you cast it, it just happens. The difference between divine intervention and wish is that divine intervention is you asking your god for help, and your god has a vested interest in helping you. So chances are, whatever you ask for, they're going to try to do the best of their ability. And unless you ask for something really against their wishes, like, hey, I would like to become an evil lich and take over the world. They're going to do what you want. A wish, you can wish for anything, but you're playing with the fates of the universe and there's a good chance something's going to go wonky. That's basically yeah, the difference. I, I, I was about, I was about to, the, uh, the word wonky was going to be how I described the reality bending abilities of wish versus uh, the, the much more solidly constructed uh, divine intervention. <laughs> yeah. Your God will not screw you over. Wish might. Uh, Jonathan, what was your D20 roll? I like to think some gods would, though. Uh, 15. I mean, if you're, it, listen, if you're a cleric of Loki, that's, that's on you. You made that choice. Mm-hmm. I'm not, though. Look, uh, no, no, I'm bad. just saying that, like, you said uh, your god probably wouldn't screw you over. But I'm saying, yeah, Loki might. Jonathan, roll a d4. Oh, no. Two. You look at this card with hope in your heart. And it's incomprehensible. It's like you are looking at a math problem, like a, an arcane math problem, but you can't understand it as your intelligence has been reduced by three. Oh, dear. And as you. That is you the worst this card, card for you. Right? Yeah. Right? I literally went, oh, no. It vanishes into ashes, and you know it's gone back into the deck. Oh, man. Are you as dumb as me now? Uh, possibly. <laughs> You're not as dumb as Bernie, though. I take the cards from Jonathan. I'm like, Jonathan, you can't just be pulling these out willy-nilly, and I pull a card out. <laughs> Y'all are playing 
playing with fire. Y'all All right. playing with fire. I don't have to call my goddamn Bernie. Y'all pulling out cards. Kiki, before he does his thing, tell me what beautiful junk Bernie has found in the rubbish sale portion. I, I think that's fair. The Distinguished Adventurers are huge fans of Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from our favorite D&D streams, books, and more. Every week there's something new happening in the game, and it's available on almost any platform. Need some loot to gear up your champions? We're happy to offer a free Electrum chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on July 3rd at 8 p.m. Pacific. So open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. R-A-Y-A-W-O-L-F-O-C-C-Y. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Bernie and, and Travancore. Uh, Bernie, what'd you get? What's your number? Bernie got a 64. What did Travancore find? 27. What did that corresponds to? Okay. Bernie, you have found... Push up against a wall is an upright piano. Looks like half the keys are broken or missing. It looks like this piano hasn't been played in centuries. Unlike everything else in this tower, this has not been kept up. But you do notice that one of the keys on there is loose and you pick it up and it is, it looks like it was actually carved out of a horn, like an actual horn of a creature is this white piano key. Travancore, what was that number again? 27. You mean out of ivory? You don't think it's ivory. It seems to be a, a, it's a horn horn. So like, you think maybe a ram's horn or a satyr's horn? Travancore, you are pushing aside some junk and then you're like, oh, ow, you get a little splinter and you find a tiny, tiny wooden stool, something that would be sized for like a dollhouse that it's just, it's just not made very well. Every time you, you pick it up, it, there's like a rough spot somewhere on it and you, you get a little splinter. That's disappointing. But wait, is my piano key fun and magical or is it just... You don't think anything in this room that you've picked up so far besides the deck has been magical. Fun, absolutely. Interesting, completely. Magical, not yet. Carlton? A one. Uh, all right. This is either really good or really bad. I, I know what card I want, I want you to draw. Because your thing can be fixed by Bernie. My thing can probably only be fixed by another card in there. I think, Bernie, you're technically cursed, right? So I'll, I'll make some of this easy. The thing that happened to Carlton literally can only be fixed by a god or another card in the deck. Bernie, does Jonathan explain to Bernie the, the, what he feels? Yes. Uh, Bernie, you think a greater restoration would fix that because greater restoration in the spell does say that it fixes reduction in ability oh, okay. scores. And 
for whatever reason, your car, Jonathan, does not give qualifiers on how to fix it. <laughs> right. Uh, so that's why I thought it was permanent. That's why only th I thought only the Faith card would do it's it. It's permanent, but there's no restrictions on how to fix it, which right. means, okay. whereas Carlton's had that, that line in there that specifically said. Well, Bernie looks at Jonathan. She goes, oh, oh, so you're feeling dumber after you did the dumb thing. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of am. You pulled a Carlton. Um, I, I, I don't know what's going on. Like, it's just, I don't feel like I'm really at full capacity. I, that's something that I don't think. Yeah, no, yeah, not thinking. That is 100% the theme here today. Man, if only I could fix this. <laughs> and Bernie mulls over this and his Travancore wonders about maybe you should get out of this room. Carlton, you pull a card. You feel like pulling these cards, mm, they've, They've been bad. So far, they've been really, really right, bad. Right, so we've got to get a good one. And you, one, you wish you knew the answer to how to fix this kind of thing. And then you realize, ah, you think you know who to ask. So you picked the vizier, which means anytime you choose within one year of drawing this card, you can ask a question in meditation and mentally receive a truthful answer to that one question. Besides information, the answer helps you solve a puzzling problem or other dilemma. In other words, the knowledge comes with wisdom on how to apply it. So you get one question in the next year where you will get the truth answer. Nice. Don't use it on this. You already know the answer. You don't have to do it now. It's sometime within the next year. And all of you feel like maybe you're playing with fire in this room and with this deck. Yeah, I want to go to room... Well, we got room four and five, but I, there's also this stairwell upstairs. Well, yeah. before we go upstairs, we have a few things to take care of. And Bernie's going to glare. And she goes, but let's, let's go outside into the main hall because there's someone that I want you to meet. Okay. <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan the Madge Muscular continuing to actually refer to himself in the first person. Wait, Dumber made you like... I mean, he's, he's still really smart. You all move out into the hallway. So Bernie Bernie's going to fix everything. <laughs> okay. So here's my thing. I like the idea that perhaps when you reach level 20, the ability to call down divine intervention comes with the god showing up sometimes. Okay. And so Bernie's going to ask Queen Bey to show up and fix Carlton. Is she going to single lady slap by negative two I away? I no, she's not. She's nice. Bernie goes, she's, Bernie's like starts to pray. And then she goes, she's a nice lady, Carlton. My God. Jonathan the Magimuscular fiddles with his, uh, with the symbol of uh, Queen Bay that he uses to bring down uh, Dawn. Uh, Bernie, you take a moment and reach out to your goddess, thinking about how there's still a lot more floors in this tower and everyone should have all their faculties. And gee, wouldn't it be really nice if you could help out right now? It sounds like this. She goes, idiots. She says, my friends are idiots, but I love them more than life itself. And we've made it so far. And I have this apple. And I also have this really nifty wine, um, wine jewelry. If you want one, I think there's probably at least three more in there. And it is at that point that behind Jonathan and Carlton... An ethereal glow begins to light up the space. And despite the fact that all the walls are dark and foreboding and this place is gaudy, in this immediate space, there is a, a warmth and also a weird 
seizing of all of your hearts in the presence of a god. Bring a she is indistinct to all of you, as only Bernie really can look upon the face of her god. And she doesn't say anything out loud, but this fuzzy golden light steps forward and what maybe one hand reaches out on Carlton's shoulder and the other one on Jonathan's shoulder. And Bernie, the only you are the only one who hears this, but you hear your your god say. I think it's time to leave the room and go upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> and the gold Travancore, you watch as this golden light washes over the two of them, and both of you are cured of your afflictions. Oh, this oh, is a harrowing experience for Jonathan the Magimuscular. Yeah, I, I was looking at a uh, at a differential equation in my mind, and I just could the eigenvalues were just eluding me. Jonathan the Magimuscular was quite worried. Let's go upstairs. And as as you spout all of this, the figure of this god that is the presence alone is is kind of shuddering to your soul, even if it's a, a comforting presence. Bernie, you swear that she winks at you. Travancore, you swear that she says, Apple Twins. <laughs> as she vanishes. And it is with that, as you are all uh, with a divine intervention, Cured of your afflictions, but still with a deck of many things in someone's pocket, you start to head up the stairs to level two. But that is where we're going to pause. And the next time we get together, it will be the second level. And there might be a guest joining us. <laughs> Yay. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, then visit us at distinguishedadventurers.com. There you can find links to our podcast and social media, pictures and bios of our cast, info on our Patreon, and much more. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our Patreon patrons, and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you, Forrest from StabbyQuest, Jesse Florence, Nate Zakari, Rebecca, a.k.a. Bunny Monster, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, Lori, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.